Anyway, uh, take your Bibles, if you would, uh, the ones that are beside you, and turn with me to page uh, 980. That's in the New Testament. Uh, 980, 981. It's the beginning of the book of uh, Philippians. And our passage this morning is going to be right at the very beginning, Philippians 1, verse 3 uh, through verse 11. So I want to invite you to follow along in, in the Scriptures. I thank my God in my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, for you are making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, this is going to be our central text, that verse 6. I do want to highlight that. And I'm certain of this, that he who began a good work for you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you, uh, for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent so, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the uh, fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So obviously Paul was not a Southerner because he didn't say y'all. He said you all. I don't know if you caught that. So uh, you'd probably identify with this passage more than I do. I do. It's... Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, let, let's pray. It would have been better though, excuse me, yeah. if it said yins. Yeah, yins, oh my word. Is that actually in the Greek? So anyway, yeah. let's pray. Lord, we give thanks for your love and your mercy. And again, as we worship... Uh, for, for song, uh, to, to sing together, uh, and that unites us, oh God, unites us in praise of you. At the same time, we want this passage uh, to be used in the same way, that, it, uh, that together uh, we grow in grace. Uh, we, we know in order for that to happen, uh, we need your presence again. So we pray for your spirit to guide us and direct us as we look at this passage, and then at the same time, how that works inside of us, uh, particularly when it comes to building momentum, spiritual momentum. So guide us, oh God, we pray, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, over New Year's, um, I don't, uh, for, for a minister, um, as soon as Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is over, we're hunting the door. And uh, so one of the things that we don't often do, uh, but I'm glad that we did it this past year, is my family took a little vacation uh, over New Year's. Uh, it's my, my larger family. I've got a couple of brothers, their families. We all went to this place. And one of the things that I was excited about is I love to snorkel. Pretty much if there's an ocean anywhere, you can find me with a mast, some fins, uh, and, and, a, and a snorkel. And, and my little brother is, is similar to me. And, and so one of the things I was excited about where we, were, where we were traveling to is that they're known for a coral reef, which for me, a coral reef or a, a, a sunken boat or anything that has any level of a habitat for marine life, I could spend all day in the water snorkeling. It's one of my favorite things to do. And so we were, my little brother and I, the, the, the we, first day you get there, you get acclimated. Second day, we grabbed our, our gear and then out we went. And, and one of the things that they also had, that they had a very, very strong current. Uh, so I don't know if you do a lot of swimming in the ocean, uh, when you swim with the current, it's easy. It's easy to navigate. You really don't have to do a lot. You just sort of get yourself angled in the current, and it just sort of takes you where you need to go. But if you turn against the current, it becomes incredibly difficult. 
You have to exert more energy. You have to work hard to, uh, or harder to maintain the position. Uh, uh, you definitely don't want to, you know, run into the reef, and you want you don't want to disturb the, the the sea life as much as possible. So, swimming with the current, it was easy for me to sort of just hover and glide, and and really to enjoy the whole snorkeling. But whenever I would turn against the current, I mean, I was working hard, and. Uh, my little brother and I, Trey, when, when we, we, were, we snorkeled probably for about an hour and a half that, that first or that second day, and as we were coming up out of the ocean and walking on the beach, we were commenting about how strong the current was. And we were kind of in a little cove, and, and we walked up to one of the guys, and he's like, well, if you really want to see some good stuff, you've got to go outside the cove, but now you need to realize the current's about 10 times stronger. So I looked at my little brother and said, yeah, I'm not sure I want to die just yet, <laughs> so we'll, we'll just stay in here in the, in the kiddie pool. But the current was strong even in the kiddie pool. And, and coming up uh, out of that, and it, we, we, we went to lunch afterwards, it reminded me of my high school physics lesson. Objects in motion do what? They stay in motion. They remain in motion. But objects at rest remain at rest. All right. Did y'all not take a physics class? All right. So say it again. Objects in motion what? Stay in motion. Object at rest. Stay, that's right. They I stay. never had a physics class. I really, really? never had it. There's so I'm Northern learning something education. new here. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so it's Newton's first law of motion, right? So uh, I think spiritually, the same law applies. Spiritually speaking, an object in motion will stay in motion. But an object at rest will also stay at rest. So you can talk about it in the, in, in the life of a person. You can talk about it in, in, in the life of the church. And so what we want to do is we want to build spiritual momentum, spiritual motion. Now, I don't think Paul had a high school physics class, but I do think Paul under, uh, understood this spiritual lesson, this spiritual law. And if you look at the passage again, particularly verse 6, you see this concept. What does verse 6 says? I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Spiritually speaking, a person in motion will continue on that same path. And, and actually, in, in the language, this is, this is emphatic. Paul write, wrote this with certainty. And, 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 and he sees what's going on either in his own life or the life of the Philippians. And, and he acknowledged the certainty of God's movement, God's momentum, and he's forward-looking. That's all in that one verse. And so the object of Paul's certainty is this work of God, this motion, this momentum. And specifically, it's something that is good, and it's something that God will complete. He will complete what he starts. Now, I know this is uh, an important passage for you because one of the things you see is just how contagious this is. Oh, yeah. And you, you look at this passage is, is a passage full of hope. I'm confident of this, that he, God, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It's, it's full of hope, and, and you can't help but catch a little bit of the passion of Paul as he's writing this near the end of his life to this church in Philippi, and he's drawing not from this, this abstract uh, idea. He's drawing from the experiences of his life. 
You, do you remember how his ministry started? Where, his Acts ministry 16. Started, Acts, for, for actually on Acts oh, 9. Acts, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I have to teach him a little bit here. Yeah. Acts 9 is when his ministry started, right? He's on that road to Damascus. And Acts 9 begins with Luke telling us that Paul was breathing murderous threats to the Christians. And on this way, on his way to go to Damascus, he, he is invited through this vision of Jesus. Jesus appears to him. Why are you persecuting me? Paul is invited to step out of his own current and into the current of God. And not only uh, is he invited to step into the current of God, it is an unknown current at that time because it would be days, a couple days later, when Ananias would go to him and tell him that God has chosen you as an instrument to carry God's name before the Gentiles and the kings. And ever since that moment, Paul discovers throughout the rest of his life that there's momentum in God's current. What God is doing, this idea that God will bring it to completion, what he starts, and that what he is doing is good. And from that well of experience, God's momentum, he learns, is contagious. Now, you see specifically as we look at the book of Acts, or rather the book of Philippians, we go back to where he meets the people in Philippi in Acts chapter 16. And you start to see how this is contagious. All through his life, this is on the first or the second missionary journey that Paul is on. And um, he is consciously aware. You start to see Luke is pointing to where, where Paul is consciously aware of that current. On that journey, about a third of the way into that journey, Paul wants to go to Asia. And he has this dream, this vision of a, of a man in Macedonia saying, come, come, speak to us. We need your help. And sensing what God is doing, once again, he steps out of his own current and steps into God's current. And that current takes him to uh, Macedonia, to this place where uh, it is um, uh, the capital. It's a Roman city in uh, um, in Philippi, and he does this immediately. I don't know if he wakes up that morning or wakes up in the middle of the night, but the, the language there, the rhetoric that Paul or Luke uses is, it, is something that happens immediately. And so here in Philippi, he, uh, the story continues. You can, start, you can still sense the momentum, the contagious nature that Paul is now leaving into other people's lives. It was Paul's custom that every time he goes into a new city, he'd find the synagogue. And in that synagogue, he'd teach. Well, Philippi did not have a synagogue. So Luke says, we went out to the river to find a place to pray. And always keeping a, a toe in that, or rather feeling the current of God around you, Paul and Luke are looking for ways where they will, the reality of him or them being an instrument would come to fruition. And that's where they meet Lydia. And God had already started inviting Lydia to uh, this passage. You can read it there in Luke 16. Uh, God is already inviting Lydia to step into that current, that current of, his, uh, of God's current there, and, and to feel the momentum. And um, Paul pr pr speaks to these women. Lydia is one of, one of them. And kind of taking that flow of this contagious nature of the work momentum. of God. She goes and tells her family, and her whole household responds with, with following and, and getting into this current. But that's not the only time this happens in Philippi. 
It happens with the jailer. You know the story about Paul and, and Silas and them being in jail, the inner jail, and the earthquake, and the jailer is about to kill himself because if he loses his prisoner, it would be on his, uh, it would be his neck. And before he does, he said, Paul screams, stop. We're all here. And he gets into that contagious nature. He feels that contagious nature because God had been working in this jailer who had been listening to Paul and Silas sing hymns, be joyful. And that's an invitation to step into this. And once again, he responds. And it becomes a contagious nature for him because his whole uh, story, his whole uh, family responds also. I mean, this is the city that Paul is writing to, this church here that didn't have a synagogue, that started with Lydia, certainly jailer and their families and grew uh, exponentially, that Paul is writing to being confident of this, that he who began a good work, the spiritual law, that God is going to complete what he started and what God does is good. Yeah, there's a, a certainty to this as in uh, where God is moving people or at least the, the church at Philippi. Not only is it a, a certain aspect to it, there's this contagious nature to it. So it's, but it's not just for the people like Paul or Lydia or the jailer or just this church in Philippi that had this wonderful relationship with Paul. It, it, it's for everybody. For me, for you, uh, the same certainty of this spiritual law of, of an object in motion or an object at rest, you know, God is, is part of what God's Spirit does. And this is the most indiscriminate or universal aspect of God is to move people towards that target. And this is something of God that will not ever end and it will never stop. It is, it is born out of his nature. It is born uh, out of his heart. And, and this work of God will always seek to move people towards that specific outcome, the nature of Christ. Uh, and, and this is the one, this is what God, God is doing. What we can't do is we can't generate the current. That's God's job. But the current always flows towards in one direction, and that is in all things people be conformed to the nature of Christ. So that'll be in a person's life. That'll be in the world, wherever there's levels of brokenness, wherever there's something that doesn't look like the image of Christ, you can best believe that that current's going to be, blow, going to be, going to be flowing that way. And it's universal in its nature, indiscriminate. For, for not just, it, it, it's for every person. And the goal of God for every person is that image of Christ to be transformed into that image. But there's sometimes that we want to push against that, yeah. right? You know, uh, we you were know. talking about this this week of, of what is it in our own lives? I mean, I'm I was thinking about my own life. Where is it um, that I would push back against that? What would negate this? What, what would cause me to kind of not want to be in that momentum? And, and I think it's, it's safe to say that one of the things that uh, might uh, um, push me outside or uh, prevent me from stepping into that current or jumping into that current is this belief that I'm not good enough for it. That there is this sense that there are prerequisites that need to be done before I can get into that momentum. You know, when we went to the beach, I don't know about you, but when we went to the beach, we always said, okay, before you go into the 
the, uh, the, the ocean. You've got to make sure that we have our camp set up or on the, the beach, and you've got to spray yourself down. And We live in a world of prerequisites, but to get into this current, there is no prerequisite. We think that we have to fabricate some kind of goodness. We have to fabricate some kind of, manufacture some kind of, of, of special way of living. We got to do something before we can actually jump into that current. But that's actually backwards because the, the theory of this, this spiritual law is that all of these things are pre, not prerequisites for, mom, for momentum. They are actually products of the work of God in it's our the lives. Yield. It's the yield. Yeah. And Paul talks about that mm-hmm. in a few verses down there. Right. Down there. So I think that one of the uh, ways that we might push against this is we might say that we are not good enough. And if that's you, just hear the story of Israel when God reaches down and speaks to them in slavery and, and leads them out of slavery. And then they're at Mount Sinai. And God says to them, you are mine and I am yours. And he does all of that before the very first law. Now let's make it a little personal. When our children were born, we gave them our name before we expected them to act like us. And that's what God does for you. This is the momentum that God does. This is the contagious nature. The other thing that, um, that I probably more frequently step into is this idea of believing that um, the well of grace is tapped out. That I have asked for forgiveness from God so many times that for me to go back again, God requires me to do something to balance that scale so that I deserve a little bit more of his grace. And I think that this is some what happens with many of us believe that we have tapped that grace out too often, that there's just none left for you. Or, or how about this? I mean, you were saying this, I was thinking about it, was not just tapping the well of grace often, but tapping the well of grace for the same thing. Over and over again. I, I told uh, a Tuesday morning Bible study that I teach, we don't have a problem with all sins. Normally, we're just really good at one or two. <laughs> And we do them over and over and over and over again. And, but there's a, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, there's part of me that says, all right, I can understand forgiveness and, you know, if it's like A, B, C, D. But what if I'm constantly stuck at A? And I constantly have to say, all right, Lord, it's A again. Or, it's, or you know, or it's B or whatever it may be. You know, I love that image of we, we've tapped the well dry. Or we think that we, that yeah. is. But and Paul not. actually argues against this. Read Ephesians 1 mm-hmm. verse 8. Where, God, where Paul was talking in the very first three chapters of Ephesians, all about the glorious riches of the grace of God. And the first time he uses that phrase is this grace that he lavished upon us. That word lavished is a Greek word that means overflowing. That once you think you've extinguished and exhausted everything, mm-hmm. there is still more that is overflowing and going into the saucer yeah, he, around here. He, he anoints my head with what? Oil. Oil. And you see and this when, when the relationships, I mean, just think of, of Joseph, who was um, in the Old Testament was sold by his brothers, sent away and into slavery, and then back all the way to Genesis 50 for him to be able to say to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God meant this for good. 
and the forgiveness there. And we think, oh, I can never do that. But God can. And God does. And maybe forgiveness is that work of God that he's starting. And he wants to bring the completion. You know, Paul, you mentioned, yeah, you just referenced verse 6. The image of what Paul is doing in verse 6 is if you can imagine that he's looking back on their, their previous relationship with the Philippians. And see, so he, 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 he knew where it started. He, and, and, and he sees, he, you know, he, he thinks about all that, but then he's also forward-looking that this current started back there. I mean, the current's flowing. The Philippians get in the current, and he, you know, throughout their life with Paul, they've moved up to this place right here where he's at in writing the letter. But he's forward-looking because that current wants to produce a different yield. And you mentioned this idea of prerequisite. I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there with that, you know, that if I am good enough, if I am pure enough, if I'm, if I'm loving enough or kind enough, all these things that actually is where the current wants to take you, we think we have to do that first. And if we do that, then we can kind of swim in the current. It's the opposite of that. And there's almost a reverse of that also, uh, yeah, that yeah. when God actually saves us, we think now we have to repay him and do all oh, this sure. stuff to still earn this. Sure. I mean, it's like a never-ending circle. Can anybody say, that's me? I mean, oh my God, is, is that you too? Man. Think about how many times we carry that baggage. And whether it be from something in the past or, or, or in our perceptions of how we see ourselves. And, and we, we totally miss where God is, is through, through this, His grace, this current. And, and it, it, it prevents us from building this momentum, this spiritual momentum. So if there's one thing that at least I hope you take from this is that you draw strength from, from verse 6 and that this be encouragement for you. That it's not that you have to reach a level, whatever that might be, in order to do that, then, then you can sort of weigh it into the current. God's current is flowing now. And so similar to when you, you know, for, for, for snort, allow that current to direct and to take you to this certain specific yield that he wants to create inside of you, which is the image of Christ. God does the heavy lifting. So here's what I want us to do. This is sermon one of four. Over these next four weeks, I want you to join John and me in this act of what I would call uh, a reflection where you take inventory of your life. This has nothing to do with the person next to you or, 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 or anybody else. This is just you specifically. You take inventory of your own life. So it's just you and God. And to identify those areas where that, that momentum is already, is already there. I mean, it, it could be in, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're living, I mean, if you feel, if you sense that current moving in your life, just acknowledge it. And acknowledge it and then continue. If you see where God is moving and changing and you're maturing in your faith and, and, and you're starting to venture out in either what you do or, or how you speak or maybe in your study or whatever, whatever it may be, how you're living, just acknowledge that and then continue. So that's the first thing. The second thing is harder. 
Because it's easy, it's easier to identify the places where it's working. But we also want to identify where those where we're at rest and not in motion. And we need a force that's, that's moving a, a current to flow into our lives so that we, those areas that at rest that need to move. It takes more force to overcome inertia. And so you trust God's grace to move in those areas of your life where you're stagnant, where you're at rest. Over the next four weeks, we want to sense that. We want to discern that. And those areas of our life that we want to change, we want to be open to change, those areas of our life that, we want to, that need to continue, we want to continue. It has nothing to do with the person around you. It has everything to do with each of us with God. And so over the next four weeks, I want you to participate with John and me as we discern that for ourselves. And you discern it for your, your life. You know, Shane, what Paul wanted for the church in Philippi is for them to experience God. That's right. To experience this momentum. I was thinking about um, a few, several years ago, um, and um, I heard someone reference this, and then I had to go read it for myself. It's uh, from Henry Blackaby. It's called, the book is called Experiencing God. And one of the, the truths that he actually writes in there that is so uh, profound is, if you want to experience God, then you need to go and just look for where God is working now and join him there. And this is what Paul's encouraging you to do, encouraging me to do. What, he, what Paul experienced in his own life, the invitation to step out of his own current, to take a moment to look around to see what God, to keep the, his spiritual um, soul aware of where God is blowing and where God is leading, and to join him there. And that current, just imagine where that current can take you. What if everyone in St. Paul actually stepped into that current? Think of the effect, the contagious effect that that would have on our city. This is what we want to invite you into doing alongside of us. And in that process, remember these beautiful and powerful words of verse 6. I am sure of this certainty that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That is God's pledge to you. We want to be in that current. Let's pray. Lord, as we begin this time, this it's the beginning of the year, and we, we want to uh, be proactive. We want to, uh, to take your word at, at exactly what it is, this certain promise that you, through your grace, is going to flow like a current in our own life, and we want to swim with it. Guide us over these next four weeks. Give us wisdom, discernment, courage. And let us, Lord, uh, those areas of our life that, that need to continue, we pray that they, they, they continue with force and with power. And they're contagious. At the same time, those areas where we're at rest and we push against or we swim against or we struggle against. And sometimes that's in our mind, the struggles that we have, maybe baggage, baggage just old baggage that we carry. 
if in a way that you're able to cut that free, the same way that we would let go of it, Lord, work that work of grace inside of us. Help us to experience your mercy, to know it firsthand. And then maybe that inertia might be to take up something, to see our life differently with our hands, with our feet, with our time, with our resources. So be it, O oh God. All of this we give to you. We, we want to not just be your, your servants, Lord. We want to be your followers, be your witnesses for the world. So use us, O oh God, we pray. And we pray this in your name. Amen.